Hi guys, welcome to our podcast Fintech ki baat dil se. Today here we have a episode of Gyan from the Pehlwan. Um today we have our first industry expert with us Mr. Vikram Pandya who is a research head at Valenium Capital and also the fintech director at SPGN School of Global Business. Uh Vikram can you tell us more about yourself and uh, today's topic as well? Sure, why not? So I have been in the industry for more than uh, around 15 plus years now and uh, the idea is that uh, in today's session is to understand security as a digital design thinking concept because most of the times in fintech specifically security comes as afterthought and not as a part of the design thinking itself so in today's journey we are going to look at how to think about security even if you are a customer how do you need to look at your own security and how can you then identify that your data is leaked in the market right and how can you then react on that that's what we are going to do i have created some talking points which i will cover perfect we are super excited to know more about this so let's look at data leakages which happens we have seen in recent times uh, so many data leakages that we have experienced and uh, there are typical multiple reasons behind any data leakages uh, first and foremost that security includes people processes as well as infra and when we talk about people and processes sometimes people are the weakest link as we know right and uh, if you include scientifically the data leakage can be bifurcated into internal sources or external sources when you look at internal sources you have ineffective it policy where you have the policy but it is toothless and because of that nothing is happening right second is you have uh, intranet which is not secure enough and because of that the data is getting leaked even through internet where some node is there or some computer is there on the internet where the security is weak but because of that the entire internet is compromised and your data is leaking outside at the end you have file sharing so most of the people today disallow file sharing but uh, there are multiple different ways and means file sharing can happen we are going to look at few of them today but the idea here is that these are the major reasons not only reasons but major reasons which you can identify behind data leakages from internal sources but most of the times what happens even if you are having good it policy even if you have good internal controls but what happens is that you don't know what kind of security you are building into your application and effectively on the cloud where you are putting your infrastructure so that is what brings us to the next part which is external sources now first and foremost application security as you all know your application is going to be a pathway for any communication in and out so your server talking to your client and data exchange which happens through that is also part of the application security so if at all something goes wrong you need to understand that first and foremost you need to check your application security and identify that okay there are certain logical issues or any security bugs or loopholes which you can identify so as a company you need to constantly understand that whatever change even if you do small update that small update can have implication uh, with regards to the earlier development which you have done and because of that this entire development cycle that you typically look at software development life cycle as we say you need to look at it in more agile manner and that's where you have this agile life cycle and project management coming into the picture but at the same point in time you need to look at security by design again i'm repeating by design not as afterthought and you need to think about not as a patchwork as well 
because the moment you realize that you are fixing this application and suddenly you realize that i need to change everything including database design including my application workflow and suddenly you are starting from scratch so your investment of time effort money is gone so application security first and foremost very critical within that apis play major role today so most of the people are not even aware what is api so i will just touch upon that point what is api really so whenever you are talking about data exchange between two system so let's say a system a and system b is trying to communicate between each other at that point in time you need to look at apis because whenever you are talking about standardization in the data understanding that this data set which is in one application using different architecture different construct how can i share this in a common standardized manner that is where restful apis and other apis come into picture you are sharing data in a standardized construct and that data exchange is enabled by the api so very simple layman's language apis are pipelines between two servers now this data servers which we are talking about data exchange between the server rather uh, that we are talking about this can be on the same network or this can be on internet when it is on internet we call this as web services and whenever we are talking about on the same premises etc it is still api but not web services just to you know give a bit more holistic view let's take a step back and uh, like let's dumb this down a bit uh, if you are if you are looking at it from a startup founder's perspective who is purely a business guy and he hires a tech team so how do you think uh, he should approach uh, the security concern because considering the fact that a fintech founder is essentially in a hurry to get their product out because that is when he right. can show some pilot traction and he will get the first seed investors in so how should he look at security at that point of time and how does this plug in at that point absolutely right so that's why i mentioned that whenever you are talking about development cost right development cost you normally uh, raise fund and you plan for the development cost so you have it cost marketing cost etc i request them to in fact identify security costs separately as well rather than as a part of it cost because people just think about okay it cost will include everything but end of the day they don't include security uh, as a part of it and they <laughs> fail because of that so number one you need to identify budget for security beforehand and as i mentioned look whenever you are developing anything either in house or outside right even whether you outsource that development or whether you develop in house you will go through some planning process at that point in time involve some security expert either if you are having fund go ahead and hire some big five uh, who are doing this kind of audit security audit and bring them or even if you don't have that much money you can always hire security experts on consulting basis and then you can ask them okay this is what i am planning what kind of security i need to look at not only from the infra side but also from the let's say application perspective from the mm-hmm. api perspective from the customer perspective because my application is going to be there in unknown environment i don't know sometimes because of that some data leakage might happen who knows right so we need to be asking uh, this kind of question we need to ask them to security experts before we even start development so that's when i mentioned that we need to think of security as a planning process as a design process rather than afterthought got it got it Uh, so one more thing, uh, just a second. So one more thing. Uh, when you talk about uh, the fintech applications, right? And they have uh, essentially today fintechs are an ecosystem play wherein you 
plug in a KYC API, you plug in an underwriting API into your app, and you build it. So at that point, how important does it become to ascertain the kind of security concerns that comes with plugging in third-party APIs into your application and transfer of sensitive data through that? Very good question. So here there are two parts to that. One part, when we look at whether you are, I will give you one simple example, and then it will be very clear to you. Right? So let's assume I am trying to implement OTP. Okay. So mm-hmm. I am looking at two-factor dotting API, which is right. for uh, OTP, for example. Now in this example, uh, if I look at API documentation, you will see what kind of call I will need to make. So I'm very simply looking at as a layman without knowing anything. Let's say that I'm looking at this sending OTP. There is one code, and then you have sample response which will come once you send this, and that response will have this one-time key which you can then again call back, and then you can verify the OTP that is entered by the user. Now. Now what you are doing here is that you are isolating. This is as a best practice. You are isolating response and again callback from the server. So not both the things are happening using the same key. But in this case, what you are doing, you are isolating OTP verification from the server side key verification. So this is the best practice, which I am saying that this is what you normally should follow. However, there are certain places where people don't do that. So, but if I were to just explain the other way around rather than showing you because then it will showcase the uh, server itself which i don't want to do so mm-hmm. if you look at this in this scenario what if rather than this i were to share directly otp what will happen then think if instead of this this api was returning directly the otp what will happen in that scenario even user can see the response by the way because he can identify using network analysis you can identify that okay this is the api call which is made and this is the otp i am receiving and once you can get that otp then i can enter anybody's mobile i can enter your mobile number and still i will get otp to my server right or basically my client and you will also receive otp but you will ignore it because you never originated that otp so you will just assume some error is there right so you will ignore that on the other hand somebody else is now able to get your otp and somebody else is able to register on your behalf Got so it. this is the api security that should be very basic uh, to your vendor as well in case they are not developing like that let's assume that worst case scenario they don't have this kind of a security they are directly giving you otp then what mm-hmm. you should do is that you should create this call from your server which is not visible to your client from your server you are making that call and server is receiving otp now client <coughs> when client receives on mobile and client sends this otp to server server will compare this to number mm. not at the client place if you are implementing this api directly at the client place then the code is visible i am simply giving you a simple example to identify everyone knows api that we use for otp and here the simplest example is that where the implementation is incorrect and because of that you are able to uh, open this sort of uh, attack and uh, anybody okay. can register on anybody else's behalf also uh, coming back to shreyas's point where he mentioned about a founder being from the business side and uh, taking care of sure. the uh, tech issues so uh, uh, you you just mentioned uh, while you were speaking that it can either be outsourced or uh, built in house so what is a suggested uh, you know uh, way of going because uh, many many people you know kind of uh, stumble out there itself and take a longer time for making a good decision so your suggestions are so first and foremost question you need to ask yourself is that 
is the technology core to my business or is it something which is just going to support my business right sometimes you call this in a fintech world tech fin business versus fintech business right so if it is more tech fin then you know by nature that your technology is going to be more your major ip your business model whenever you are looking at the overall business model technology plays major role there right in that scenario you should not be outsourcing because of a simple reason that that ip creation which is happening right that is where you want to put your people your uh, intelligence in that and then you need to make sure that that ip is then your own ip even if you create outside ip is going to be yours but then you are some somehow you are not be, being able to control that entire piece right here everything is within your company and you are controlling almost everything that is the first and foremost second let's assume that you are just a startup very uh, simply you want to just get something going poc or proof of work that you want to demonstrate to certain people again it is a better idea to just get someone and get it done rather than hiring team for poc because that investment may or may not materialize you don't know uh, tomorrow somebody may uh, select your project or poc and then you want, may want to hire people rather than first investing into people and then realizing that okay that poc was failure so that is another scenario and that is where i think you need to think from the uh, not only from the business dynamics perspective but also from the contextual perspective when you are looking at whether it is going to add immediate value or is it going to have some long term value what i was discussing very quickly i will summarize that data leakages can happen through internal or external sources we were discussing on the external part now where application security is very critical and as a part of that api security comes as a part of that and you may have seen so many areas and places where because of insecure apis people are able to capture information so very simple example can be that i can provide my mobile number and using my mobile number i can receive my profile now if that is not authenticated then i can enter anybody's mobile number by just random guess and i can get anybody's information so again even that mobile number should not be direct input in your api right something which is known something which you can just predict should not be part of your api input and that's the reason another best practice is to whenever you have some id which is uh, numerical something which you can predict you need to have something called as uuid so if i were to look at uuid this is what it looks like whatever you want to create you can just convert it into something like this it is very random you can't even come to know what it is a uh, creator will have that key on the server database but you nobody will know what exactly is this and you can't even predict that way right what that number will mean in this it is a one way function again so this is what you can do as a small check that i wanted to highlight another thing is that whenever you are creating api using third party uh, services right people can ask you that so just ask that okay what if you are using third party api okay you need to look at the vendor reputation that is first and foremost but even if you are looking at uh, someone who is very new in the market you need to look at and compare with someone who is already there in the market since very long right so you can always do benchmarking and that benchmarking will allow you to understand where do you stand in terms of both quality as well as security of the api so just to give you a simple example this is the kindle ebook reader and uh, on the kindle ebook reader these are the books available if i were to look at the network and understand what exactly is going on whenever i click on something right so if i click on network i press f12 i clicked on network just to look at what is going on 
and if i click any book so you can see that there are certain apis being called so let me click on something else yeah so this got open so if you look at uh, this is what it is calling behind the scenes some apis which are being called get file url so and so forth so if i were to simply show it to people that look if you want to understand here how amazon uh, is utilizing security on application level you can see first of all it is a get query but even if it is get query uh, it is asking for multiple thing it is a signed get query if i were to just right click and open it in new tab so just to show it to you get file url open in new tab the given request is not an adp session request ensure proper device type configuration is set what does it mean first of all they are binding request to application itself so i can't just call this from any anywhere else it is signed request coming from their application itself only their application can request it that is number one second thing is that whenever you are looking at such request you will see that even if i were to identify certain things looking at the response that this is the amazon data that i am getting on my side and if i were to just copy paste this just to show you what what may happen okay so this signed url you can see and this signed url i am going to copy paste so this is the signed url the big url which you can see here and if i were to again copy paste this only you may see what may happen look at this so this is again fragment which is encrypted fragment which again you can't do much because while this entire book this way you can download you can download this entire book mm -hmm. but you can't do much without the reader and that reader will check whether you are authorized to read this or not and whether it is still active all those things reader will check so all those things you need to look at i am just giving a very simplistic view there are so many things you need to think about but i am just giving you simple example now there are certain apis which are protected while there are certain apis which are open for instance this api if you were to look at is open this is the dictionary api so if i were to read my book if i were to go back and let's say i were to read my book and i am having some doubt uh, what do we mean by let's assume my question is uh, let's identify mechanism so i'm double clicking on mechanism it is giving me the definition of mechanism right mm -hmm. now behind the scene what is going on this is the api which they are calling and you can see mechanism this is how the data comes and that application is then reading this data and showing you that now this is by nature they are keeping it public while the other part was uh, private so you can see that the same application can have public and private component why they are keeping public because there might be certain applications which may want to use this public api to do certain querying that's what the idea is so with this i hope that at least insecure apis are clear and how you can compare and benchmark security practices of the companies like amazon right while again nothing in this world is 100% secure but at least you can benchmark somebody who has reached that level you can benchmark whether you are even close to that or not and when you look at coding side 
the beautiful thing is that you have certain best practices over there as well you have uh, ovas best practices available there are automated testing tools available which you can go and then test it out so again i will not go into technical part here but i'm just trying to tell people that there are tools available there are best practices available which you can utilize and then you can identify whatever is lacking in your security and you can then upgrade or fill the loophole let's continue on the other side uh, where you have a database security this part i am going to cover more in detail given that uh, most of the leakages are happening here so database security what happens normally here some database admin guy is left now your it practices says that immediately whenever somebody goes their identity and access management system should be able to remove that id from the database itself however most of the startups believe me are on let's say godaddy or some other server and as a part of that you they are not able to uh, create anything so whenever you are able to uh, look at this entire scenario and identify that okay this is where my data breach may happen i can go there and identify that my id is still there and suddenly somebody else is able to then have access to that even after leaving the company and that is where the most of the data breaches happen old database uh, or old id is there still there and then you are able to then access to that id last but not the least is uh, misconfigured s3 bucket or any storage bucket what happens here is that you have stored multiple data set and that data set how bucket works right bucket is like a folder think as a folder in your drive now you are putting certain things certain things are private so you will not be sharing it certain things are public so you may want to share it but whenever you are trying to do that sometimes it may happen that you have not configured your s3 bucket properly and because of that somebody else who is not as a part of your company can add themselves and then can get the data so the entire security piece of that depends on the aws best practices guide and for that aws has given the guide so you need to follow that guide uh, from an s3 bucket point of view right so what exactly uh, is the exact use case i mean does it come in a day to day storage usage or is it more from an archiving point of view and if it's from an archiving point of view as well how how exactly does it uh, like sit with the fintech industries and like is it widely used or are there other mechanisms that are a lot more safer and easier to use okay good question i will tell you that there are multiple ways you can use s3 bucket uh, first and foremost s3 bucket by nature is for uh, storing data which is somewhat live in nature and you may want to access it if you don't okay. want to access some data and you want to archive that data then you need to use something as a glacier storage so s3 also has glacier storage the design of that storage is such that it is very cheap to store the data but then there is a cost to retrieve the data as and when you want it so whatever you don't want immediately or you may want it uh, hardly or rarely in future you need to store that in glacier most of the times what happens people are just lazy or they are uh, saying that okay i may require that back again so they will store that everything into s3 bucket as a security best practices you need to divide your data there should not be any single point of failure so you may want to divide your bucket also and you may want to create multiple bucket like a one year data might be in one bucket who knows so even if something goes wrong at least only one bucket is compromised everything else is secure so it is always better to divide and conquer in security no where you need to have single point of failure 
in recent examples you may have seen that only one bucket was used and then the entire thing is available in the market just think about terabytes of data sitting there and people are just able to download that so that is the issue if you have created multiple such buckets it will create so much uh, hindrance for that user or the hacker that that person may not be able to even get that entire data and sometimes it is even difficult uh, for you to screw up everywhere you may screw up in one or two places but you can't screw up everywhere so that is the reason that you need to then isolate and uh, create separate uh, folders or separate buckets as we call it if possible and uh, most of the times you can store in glacier all the archival of data you can do in glacier got it so looking at this from an early stage startup or a mid stage startup perspective that has probably raised a pre series a kind of a thing uh, does creating multiple uh, buckets multiple s3 buckets for data storage essentially increase their uh, aws cost multifold or how does that that cost will not increase dramatically there will be some cost but it will not be that dramatic cost it is just that it will require more maintenance because in case you want to then uh, refer to that you need to have a proper mechanism of identifying that this data set is in this bucket so and so forth so that is the only discipline i would say that you need to maintain that you know what data is where and uh, of course if you are smart enough you can have algorithms to identify and get, fetch the data so that fetching of the data can always be automated mm -hmm. so the incremental cost is not much got it so at this point of time the only uh, thing that is restricting any any evolved startup to from using multiple buckets is probably the fact that either the data security is of use it is ease of use thing ease of use got ease it. of use once you have set up one thing you can just rely on that i don't need to touch that again and again mm -hmm. okay okay moving on okay now let's come to the next part where customer side we need to look at if you are a customer and when you are dealing with startup what kind of things you need to look at right, before even you start so first and foremost preventive and then you have cure or post facto steps that you can do once your data is already there in the uh, dark net or some hacker forum how do you prevent it right? first and foremost you need to look at data security as a part of their privacy policy and terms of service whatever website you open let's assume that i want to open paytm website so the first and foremost you need to understand why nobody will read thank you first and foremost you need to look at as a customer is that not everything but if you were to look at privacy policy so let's look at terms of service terms and condition you can see here and as a part of that you can see they have so many uh, entities available that everything will be different i have taken very complicated example but just to show you what you can look at so these are the services that they are providing you communication policies so and so forth and you can look at the data part look so ownership property rights modification dispute governing law all these things you can see is on the uh, covering their side but whenever you look at on the uh, other side like digital services what are these digital services you can also look at uh, some of the other part uh, data look at this data so when you go through this and you will understand that this is how your data is handled fortunately in future you may not need to go through this entire thing why because in future similar to gdpr in india you will have data protection bill uh, which will become act very soon 
and that act will tell you for what reason your data is acquired who will be storing that data for how long for what purpose all those things will be available to you as a part of your sign up so it will make your life much more easier right now you can see that this is how it is and for 99% of people it is impossible for them to go through right and that is where the issue lies frankly so first and foremost you need to look at whether they have robust security uh, or not by just looking at their terms and condition are they taking uh, something on their own uh, some conditional disclaimer is there or is it something they are taking on their own right security wise they are taking it seriously or not that is number one second thing you need to look at whether the communication policy includes that so again that becomes part of communication policy you will find it under communication somewhere it is there you can see that so communication policy will tell you more about what communication they will you can see here what communication they will share with you whether it will include also for breaches or not this should be there and unlike what happened recently you should have a very clear communication policy in terms of data breach and uh, again you can then identify whether they are serious enough or not so this is something which is a basic hygiene check nothing much you can do as a customer but what you can do after that is that you can identify whenever you are talking about fintech specifically fintech you can identify that okay if i am sharing my data i need to look at if i am sharing my gmail data and you want to identify if somebody is misusing your uh, data to sell it to someone else right for example so what simply you can do let's say your email id is something like this let's say uh, it is vikram at the rate gmail.com let's assume this is the gmail id and you want to identify how they are able to then sell it ahead right you can identify that by just putting plus sign and then put uh, let's say i am registering for paytm right vikram plus paytm at gmail.com when i register so at that point in time i will identify if some marketing mail comes from this email id i can identify for sure that this id was leaked by this startup and i can then take whatever action i want but at least i will know that is first and foremost i can i, I may not check every day but every quarter every month whatever is the frequency i am uh, comfortable with i will just search using vikram plus something and it will give me all the emails which are there with plus sign and something else and i can see who are selling my data that is in your hand that is one thing this may not work with every domain uh, or gmail is one such service provider which allows you to do plus so if you are using gmail and there are multiple other providers then you can do that but it may not work with everyone so you need to know from that perspective what will work what will not work. but for gmail it works now let's look at uh, very quickly on the other side what else you can do right so let's look at this spy cloud kind of a service where you can check your exposure very quickly i will check shares shares is exposure <laughs> what is the email id s h r e g a n i @gmail.com correct yeah so let's look at how secure he is fingers crossed <laughs> i think i have not clicked it correctly 
or i have clicked and it is not reacting to my click maybe something is wrong it worked it worked yes 55 personal records exposed last exposed two days earlier wow wow <laughs> that's news and you can in fact share now you have received the email and you can see the entire data what is that data that is uh, available in the public domain i am specifically not sharing my data because then why to do that you can if you want you can share your data <laughs> that <laughs> is another thing so anyways so people who are interested can go through this kind of a service there are multiple services but this is one of the best free service that you can have uh, for mm. one email id and you can even as a startup founder you can track your own company's domain so you have 10 employee 20 employee doesn't matter you can track the entire domain of your company and then you can identify if there is some data breach happening on the dark net some hacking forum that you are not aware of all those things will get captured and you will come to know that yes your data is there in the market right so that is what you need to understand so this is another area where most of the people may not know which i am sharing that you should be knowing that uh, how to identify certain data which is as and when it is happening uh, sometimes what happens is that uh, most of the people who are not aware and this which is may get notified in the market after a week or so so most of the times if the data is really sensitive enough and the people are just trying that out uh, your data may get exposed further in that scenario you may want to either close the service and restart that service or uh, change everything including your exposed card numbers and uh, whatever else it is right? so that is the best possible thing you can do because most of the times people will not act immediately they will act after certain point in time that is also may happen so overall i have given you that idea that how you can even look at from that perspective now another thing most of the people don't create secure enough password they use same password in multiple website again very wrong thing to do i understand that it is impossible nowadays to remember so many password with so many services around here you can use services like lastpass so for example i use lastpass to store my passwords and i have more than 1000 websites password which i can not remember for sure but what i can remember is one password which is so complicated enough and i change it after let's say every 90 days but it is so complicated that it, it will take uh, eternity to even brute force that right so that is something you can do on your own and then make sure that that security best practices are followed so i hope that gave you some insights and that covers prevention side now let's come to the post facto step some of the factors which i mentioned is post facto also that you identify and you close your account etc but what else you can do also is that you can put complaint on the consumer network so that it is there for others to see in future that yes the data got leaked with the proper evidence by removing certain details personal details you can provide that proof and it can be very useful for making sure that companies take this seriously unless and until enough people go in the public domain and expose this nobody is bothered if enough people do that then the goodwill is at stake and people will be much more keen on providing security and then they are going to give you better experience around uh, security as well as the usage so that is number one you need to think and remember as a customer we have power we can go and responsibly i am not saying that you just do for the sake of doing it if there is really a hack which is happening and 
your data is exposed using such tools you identify that data is exposed then you can post it on the social media post it on some consumer forum and demonstrate that you are serious about your data privacy that will enable regulator to look at this issue that will allow government to be uh, aware about this issue as as well and then of course startup will be afraid of this because suddenly if your goodwill is gone nobody will be able to then repair that goodwill easily so that will be very critical so now let me ask you a couple of questions to understand whether you have identified this correctly and understood this correctly so let's assume that you have your uh, trading account now in trading account you have transaction password and your one account password now why do you think there are two different passwords available in your trading account one is your signing in password sign in password and then you have a trading password so that even Any if idea? someone even if someone signs and they cannot trade off just correct so it is it is called intent based authentication intent based authentication means what so somebody is just trying to sign in i can share that signing in password with my auditor as well but they can't do anything they can't transact nothing can be done so that is a best practice you need to think about that and always go for services which allows you intent based password now two factor authentication everybody will have right there also you need to think about how well you are able to secure your two factor authentication it is best practice to use google authenticator kind of a, a service or you can have a token hardware token and that you also connect with your service that is possible but think about how you are normally consuming your data or uh, signing up in your website if you are using your mobile phone then of course you need to use your mobile phone for everything but however whenever you are signing in your mobile phone then you are exposing yourself to a risk that when your mobile phone is gone both of them are gone together so that is one major thing so always remember that it is always possible to lose your mobile phone and then lose everything together Uh, so because of that it is not good practice to keep everything in mobile but if you really want to do that then keep that under there are certain password managers available which will protect the application so you need to protect the application separately so that whenever you uh, or somebody else is entering right they will not know about the password so they can't access that application at all even if they uninstall the other software it doesn't matter that entire application is locked you can't do much so first of all you need to remove that application for again that you require a password so all those things are pretty available and the hardware level encryption today is possible so please do that so your data even if your mobile is gone your laptop is gone hardware level encryption will allow you to make sure that nobody is able to look at your data now last part before i complete and then again if you have question you can ask is as a startup there are not multiple things you can do because you have limited budget uh, you don't have uh, even enough people with you you may not be knowing that how to make it secure but one thing you can surely do is that sometimes certain things you can plan out as a part of your own design thinking digital design thinking and if you don't know anything you can hire consultant and ask them whether this makes sense and that is what i mentioned earlier but why i am reiterating this because this question comes back again and again what can i do i don't have budget so what happens typically you keep certain iso percentage for such consultant in the beginning and there are people in the market who are ready to work with iso and you can do that why not so there are innovative models available in the market 
and you can utilize that model in order to ensure that your product is safe and secure and it is scalable also sometimes what happens security is possible at a lower scale but then you have not thought about scale and suddenly when you scale up that security layer is gone it is no longer possible to make it secure so you need to think about scale at the beginning itself and then only think that okay whether this scale going forward if i increase that to 10000 customer can i still scale my security layer with the same mm-hmm. level that's what you need to think this has been really great and really insightful session vikram thank you so much for your time it was indeed a pleasure uh, having you here